0: All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.
1: Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman.
0: Listen. As a, or a memory. Messages of
2: hope. Messages of
1: hope. Well, hi, everybody. I just love listening to that theme song as the program starts. Listen, they're all around you, and they really are. I've done two sessions today for two different women, and the loved ones that came through with such clarity just... It blows me away. I hope I never, never stop being awed by the way we can connect with people who are no longer in a body in the second session this woman's husband who passed pinpointed exactly the issues she's dealing with in her life now which should give us all comfort knowing that those who have passed are still aware of our challenges sending us an encouragement from across the veil well my guest today knows that very well julie ryan is a woman that i've personally turned to with some challenges with um, my pets as a matter of fact and we could talk about that later but she is a psychic and a medical intuitive I believe it's the first medical intuitive I've had on the show so I'm really excited I'm going to let her tell you what she can do but she's a former businesswoman she's an inventor an author a podcaster a really fascinating varied background and the work she's doing now is tremendous so let's just bring her right in Julie thanks for coming on the show Oh, I'm delighted to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, you're welcome. You're used to talking on these kind of shows because you have your own weekly podcast. Do you want to tell us about that? Sure. It's called Ask Julie Ryan, and it's pretty much anywhere you download podcasts.
2: We're on Alexa and YouTube as well. And people call in from all over the world and ask Julie Ryan questions about anything from medical stuff to pet related things to they want to talk to their dad grandmother or do a past life scan or talk to their angels or their spirit guides so like you Suzanne I love how you say you're an unlikely medium and uh, I like you learned how to do all of this and so I tell people I'm a businesswoman who learned how to do woo-woo and I'm a buffet of psychicness
1: that's oh, what, what I was do. just going to say. Yeah, you have the right. whole gamut yeah. covered there, and and I I have been reading your book, Angelic Attendance, and it's funny reading about your background. So let's back up to let's say your twenties, your thirties. You're in the middle of your career. Everything's just going full speed ahead. What would you have thought then if anybody told you you're now scanning people's bodies for illness or talking to deceased loved ones?
2: Well, I would have thought they were nuts. <laughs> I would have thought that was crazy. And interestingly enough, when how the impetus to write my book, Angelic Attendance, is about what happens as we're dying. There are lots of books about the afterlife, there are lots of books about the stages of grief, but not much information about what's happening as we're going through that dying process leading up to transitioning. And so one of my, well, my main spirit guide is a, is a dead pope, Suzanne. And I was he, reading that, yeah. He, yeah, and he came in about 10 years ago, and I was with my mentor and teacher, and she was doing a healing on me, and my deceased loved ones are always in the room, and they're helping with the healing, and all of a sudden this dead pope shows up in his whole pope outfit. And I said, well, who are you? And he said, I'm Pope Clement. And I said, okay, was there a Pope Clement? I never heard of a Pope Clement. And Good. he kind of laughed and he said, yeah, I was number six. Oh. And I said, all right, may I help you? And he said, you just need to teach the world what happens when people are dying because people are so afraid and it's gotten so twisted and it's crazy. He said, you just need to teach people what happens. And I said to him, Suzanne, you'll appreciate this. I said, I'm not doing that. I'm a businesswoman. Everybody's going to think I'm nuts if I do that. <laughs> And here we are. He, he's like a Nike ad with me. He just says to me, just do it. And I end up oh, I doing it. it.
1: And then it all falls into place. So I'm, I'm laughing because I I know you immediately went and researched this guy, right? Oh, I did. <laughs> yes. And so I get in the car to go home, and I'm
2: Googling Pope Clement VI because I never heard of him. Well, I found out he was in office during the bubonic plague when two-thirds of Europe died, and he's best known for his prayers for the dying and his prayers for the dead. And I huh. said to myself, Ryan, Ryan, you can't make this stuff up. Exactly. And That's so, what I
1: was – I was waiting yeah. for you to give us some good evidence, you know, because otherwise people who've never been on this show who are tuning in are saying – what the lady says she talks to a deceased pope but when you get the name and his position in the sixth one that's when you say hey i tapped into the real thing here which is very cool right so i really i do wish to focus on the medical healing and all but would could you encapsulate for us if there was a generic explanation what happens when people die and are you mostly talking about people who are ill and know they're dying No, everybody goes through
2: what I call the 12 phases of transition, whether it happens instantly, like in the case of a uh, quick death, homicide, suicide, or whether it's drawn out over days, weeks, months, even years. There's a woman who called into my show for two years, and her, her father was in phase 11 of 12. He was ready to go for two years, and it took two years for him to actually transition and to die. So this happens to everybody. And it's a configuration of how we're surrounded by deceased loved ones and angels and our deceased pet spirits too, which you all appreciate being such mm-hmm. a pet lover. And, and it's, it, it's different configurations that these angels and deceased loved ones assume as the person is approaching death. And something else that's really interesting is a little more than halfway through, there are angels that show up and they move their wings. Now, this is going to sound really out there, but uh-huh. they move their wings and they create a vortex above the person who's dying above their head. And it has an upward pull to it. It feels like driving through a car wash at the end when they turn the dryer on and it's sucking all the water up off your car. <laughs> and, uh, and so it helps the spirit evacuate from the body and separate from the body when somebody is dying and it's really remarkable and so when I was writing my book I researched it Suzanne and it reminded me of a giant owl when it moves its wings you can almost feel the drag that it creates, but it's silent and but I could feel that there was pressure I could feel it and I could see it so I researched it and I think I googled giant owl wings vortex and I got all these pages of drawings called the wingtip vortex which every plane every bird every whatever that flies insect, when they move their wings they create this wingtip vortex and there are just thousands and thousands of aeronautical engineering sites and drawings about the wingtip vortex so i thought my gosh how remarkable that This movement of the angel's wings in the spirit world that I can see and I can feel is affecting us in our human world and helping the person transition by helping that spirit separate from the body.
1: Now I'm going to play devil's advocate here and I've heard from a lot across the veil that... And from from those at the higher realm, highest realms themselves, that angels have wings because many people have seen them that way. But that's because they expect them to have wings. But that angels are really simply light beings and can take any form. Could it be that you seeing the wings is a model that consciousness is using to explain an energetic vortex that forms, and that's how you perceive it.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I went through 12 years of Catholic schools. I was taught angels have big wings. They wear white gowns. They, you know, are barefoot. They, got a, they, they mm-hmm. all look like the statues. Okay. And perhaps someone who was raised in a different culture, m- maybe an indigenous tribe in the Amazon, might see the energy of angels as a purple ball of energy. Absolutely. But yet that, the vortex
1: energy is still there it's very interesting yes so in so spirits appear to me in ways
2: that i'll recognize them based on how i perceive who they are and what they look like absolutely okay all right question
1: yeah and um so does anybody pass alone no Everybody ha- is surrounded by angels and deceased loved ones.
2: I call that the Welcome to Heaven Committee.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And they're there at the end when somebody's getting ready to transition, when they're, not, when they're in the latter stages of the 12 phases of transition. They can look like dots on the horizon. And it's really interesting, Suzanne, because they are spirits, I believe, from multiple lifetimes, because they'll appear in different period dress. Hmm. Which is a riot. And the animals can be pets, they can be uh, farm animals. I've oh. seen, I've scanned people as they're dying and there are farm animals in the room, like horses and cows and chickens and dogs. And is, and is that evidential?
1: And, I mean, does, do those people come from a farm environment? I always ask the
2: family member with whom I'm working, I always say, did, did your grandmother or did your mom grow up on a farm? And I'll describe what the animals look like. And I'll say, like, there's this cow there that so it looks like a dairy cow. It's a white cow with black splotches on it. And they'll say, oh, yeah, that was her pet, Molly. She was oh, the well, cow great. that was on the yeah. farm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a riot. I always will hear, yes, they were. Uh, they grew up on a farm or they live on a farm now. And I can always tell.
1: So that for listeners who are new to family. this whole journey and are grieving now, it, I know it's very comforting to hear that there's, we are always accompanied by this greeting party. Can you give us some more examples? I love the cow example. How about of evidence from loved ones that came to greet somebody you were helping? Mm-hmm
2: oh uh, gosh countless stories uh oftentimes i'll see the people for instance with my own mother my maternal grandmother the maternal spirit closest to the person who's dying What I perceive is they run the show from the spirit world. They call in the angels. They call in the other deceased relatives and friends. And when my own mother was dying in 2002, my meemaw, my grandmother, who died six months earlier, showed up with this infant in her arms. And I thought, I'm one of four. And I said to my dad, Nemo has got an infant in her arms. Did you guys lose a baby? I didn't know about. And he said, "Yeah, your mom had a miscarriage before your my older brother was born." And that's yeah, who that yeah. spirit was. I see that a lot. I will see uh, people that spirits that will show up from different walks of life that have been within that that person's lifetime for instance again with my mother there was a spirit that showed up who was a priest and my mother was the principal of a catholic grade school and it was Mm -hmm. father byrne i hadn't seen father byrne in 25 years since he died but he showed up and interestingly enough Suzanne, he was dressed in the long black cassock that he wore when i was a child in his parish school so they they show up in ways that i can identify who they are there was a family and there was a woman who showed up. A woman was dying and her mother was still alive. So it was her maternal grandmother that showed up. And I said, this woman, she's got white hair and it's in a bun in the back of her head. The bun is low on the back of her head. And I said, she's wearing a dress, but she's wearing this sweater with these little pearl buttons up the hmm. front of her sweater. And they said, well, that's grandma Ann. I said, okay, good. Yeah. So yeah, I get. Are, are I get you seeing really them in your mind's eye or
1: objectively in the room? Both. 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 Oh, that's cool. I see them in my mind's eye, and then I can
2: see them if I open my eyes as well. But wow. I'm doing remote viewing because it's I'm 99.9% of the time um, I'm working with someone anywhere in the world, and it's remote.
1: Right. For those of you new to this, again, you don't have to be present because it's all one field of consciousness. So, Julie, was there anything in, in your early life that indicated you'd be doing this? Did you have any visions, ever see spirits, that sort of thing?
2: No, no. I tell people I, I'm not one of those psychics who's had dead people chasing her. And if I did, I didn't know it.
1: alone <laughs> well, what right.
2: I would have done with it. Like right. you, Same thing. So, no, but... But another interesting point about these 12 phases of transition is is at the end of every Catholic funeral, and again, I was raised in that tradition and in that religion, so that's my frame of reference, there's a prayer that's said, and it's called In Paradisum. And in Latin, it talks about the angels and your loved ones will greet you and lead you into paradise. And that's what I believe I see in these 12 phases of transition when somebody's dying. And when I was researching in Paradisum, in the Prayer for my book, I found that it was written in the 5th century as a Gregorian chant. And so I have to believe, Suzanne, that people since the beginning of time could see these phases, and perhaps it took until the fifth century for someone to be learned enough to write down this information in the form of a prayer or or a chant. And Mm -hmm. certainly some of the most well-educated people back then were men who were in monasteries. So, I find that fascinating as well. There's a correlation with what I see as someone is transitioning. So, I can scan anybody anywhere in the world who's dying. I can tell you how close to death they are. I can communicate with the person in real time. I get the family information about what the person who's dying needs. Oftentimes, if it's a sudden situation, I'll be finding out. Okay, where's grandma's will? Well, it's in the bank at 5th and 16th Streets where they cross, and it's in the vault, and here's the number, and I mean, even really detailed information like that. So I can communicate with spirit that's both attached to a body, and I can communicate with spirit that's that's in just non- physical
1: form because it's all consciousness and spirit is spirit right. but you know what you're saying I want right. to share with everybody that I called Julie when we found out that our our wonderful dachshund Rudy had a, a medical issue and you helped us with that I can tell you more about that later but then I called when we found out that our dachshund Gretchen was not doing well and Rudy was doing better he's still with us and still kicking since uh, even though the doctors told us he had two months to live back in July and you gave him a treatment and I can credit you and I can credit the meds and the whole holistic thing that we're doing with him. But then when I called you about Gretchen, you I knew she wasn't doing well, but you said, Oh no, I'm scanning her and her spirits outside of her body already. Let me tell you, I didn't want to hear that. But indeed, just a couple of days later, she passed. So, Aww. you know, I know that you, I mean, you you see what's going on, and it's it's fascinating. So, what motivated motivated you to begin doing this after a, a successful business career? Well.
2: I've always been in the medical supply industry. I'm an inventor of surgical devices that are sold throughout the world, some of which have been on the market for 30 years. And so I was always interested in that. And then I have founded several companies in other industries, actually five industries. So I'm a serial entrepreneur. And one day, about 26 or 27 years ago, a girlfriend gave me a book called Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mays. And she called herself a medical intuitive. And I thought, what the heck is that? I'd never mm-hmm. heard that term before. So I read her book and I wanted to know more. And back then, Suzanne, we didn't have Amazon. and We sure as heck didn't have the internet, at least for regular people to use. you mm-hmm. You had some kind of military thing I'm sure you were using. But for the regular people, we didn't have that. So I did the old-fashioned thing and I went to a bookstore to see mm-hmm. if I could find something else. And I found a book called Hands of Light by a former NASA physicist named Barbara Brennan. Barbara Brennan, yeah, I have
1: that book too. (laughs) Barbara Brennan,
2: who parlayed very complex quantum physics principles into understandable language for the non-scientific mind. That would be me. And I was fascinated and I wanted to know more. And so I called her school and I said, do you have anybody who perhaps is a graduate that's teaching this. And sure enough, where I lived in Nashville at the time, they did. And so I studied with a woman for six years to learn how to do this work. Six and years. to your point, Sorry. it's all about consciousness. Yeah, I spent the equivalent of probably what it would cost to get a, a PhD or an MD, yeah. you know, yeah. in graduate school. And and now I teach around the world. I teach Mm -hmm. people all over the world. I've taught many physicians, professors, housewives, construction workers, I mean, all across the board. And I teach them how to do this. And we do it in four weeks, two hours on four
1: Saturdays. And they can, they can, everybody can learn to do this. But you're talking about specifically the medical scanning now, right? No, everything. Anything anybody wants to do. Mm -hmm. All of it. Do you have a an umbrella term for all of it. <laughs> well, woo-woo is what I call <laughs> it. But, but, but no, it's
2: about being able to. It's about being able to communicate with spirit. That's and I it. equate it to if we can teach somebody to read, they can access any information they want. If mm-hmm. we can teach people to communicate with spirit, they can access any information they want, whether they're interested in medical stuff or past life stuff or communicating with the deceased or pet it's all across the board and then my students go out to all different walks of life and the physicians use these techniques and these methodologies to help their patients the people who are vets you know use it with animals people who are animal lovers use it with animals on and on it's it's pretty fascinating to see where all it goes and the other interesting thing to me is this energy medicine is being taught in nursing schools and medical schools around the world finally and it's entry level but i'm a sorority advisor i live in birmingham alabama and i'm a sorority advisor at the university of alabama to a big sorority there with 450 girls and a lot of the girls are in nursing and you know i'm in the south like you and it's miss julie right miss suzanne the Mm -hmm. southerners how they talk and My girls will come up and say, "Miss Julie, we learned about energy healing today in, you know, my classes in nursing school, which I think is fabulous. And I've had nursing school professors take my class. So then they're utilizing those skill sets and teaching
1: them to their students, which, like you, you know, it expands out from us. Yeah, I really want to focus on the second half of the show about the medical scanning cuz that really fascinates me. I wait till you hear everybody how specific the information that Julie tunes into is, but let's let's save that. Um uh, okay. You know, I was looking at your wonderful website askjulieryan.com and there's a great story on there though about a kidney transplant. Would you share that with us? Sure. This happened a long time ago, about 15 years ago, and,
2: uh, and and today, and I'll explain how it would happen today, but at that point, the, the more we do this work, I'm sure you find this too, Suzanne, the, the more we're able to access, almost like higher, more sophisticated levels of information yes. come in. Yep. At least mm-hmm. that's my experience in the Mine 26 too. years I've been doing this. So at that point, a friend had, a, her, four, her daughter was four, and she was looking at a kidney transplant for this child. And so uh, she called me, and she said, can you help, the baby's name was Savannah, the, the daughter's name was Savannah, can you help Savannah? And I said, yeah. So I watched a kidney transplant happen. I watched the donor patient. I watched the kidney get harvested from the donor patient. I watched the kidney get removed from the... The actual operation. The actual operation. But remember, Uh I got decades in and out of ORs.
0: You uh, were there physically
2: present? No, 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 no. This is in my head. This is all in in my mind's eye.
1: Had it already happened?
2: No. No. Okay. So this is a healing I'm watching happen. Uh Aha. And this child then... California and I'm in Alabama when this mm-hmm. is happening. so I'm watching this in my mind's eye. So I see and now, mind you, keep in mind, I was in and out of surgeries for decades for my business. I manufactured surgical devices, so I know what those procedures look like. It's mm-hmm. real in real time. So I watch this kidney get transplanted into this child. I watch them close. I watch the whole surgery energetically. And then a day or two later, they took Savannah in and they were doing a a scan on her and the doctor, whoever did the scan, came out and said, the films aren't matching. We need to do it again. So they did it again. And then they they met with the doctor and the doctor said, okay, this doesn't make any sense, but her kidney is fine, but her kidney that was functioning is a four-year-old kidney and the kidney that isn't functioning looks like a preteen kidney which just size. doesn't make any sense to us. And so my friend Linda called me and she said, okay, how old was that donor patient that you saw in that healing? I said, I don't know. Let me pick up the sheet and see, you know, the OR drape. And I did. And I said, oh, I don't know, it looks like somebody, maybe 11 or 12. And she said, okay, that makes sense. And then she told me why. And then And then Savannah has been fine ever since. She's, She's graduated from college and is living a normal life with two normal functioning kidneys. So the she didn't need that I to have to the watch, physical
1: surgery, right?
2: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you went in and it feels an like you tapped into healing. a
1: parallel reality, doesn't it?
2: Oh, absolutely. 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 But. The interesting thing today, Suzanne, after doing this with tens of thousands of people all over the world, is that I watch stem cell energy create whatever body part we need now. And so I wouldn't I don't see transplants anymore. If somebody needs a new kidney, I watch a whole new kidney get formed out of stem cell energy and I can tell you more about that in a minute. And then I watch a surgery where the where it gets hooked back up to the plumbing. I watch the you know, the kidney that's that's diseased get removed i watch this new kidney get formed next to it out of stem cell you energy, know and i, I have to interrupt you,
1: i together. have to interrupt you julie because we're coming up to a break but this seems beyond imagination so let's address that when we come back from the break because people are going to want to know how is that possible it seems impossible so everybody come on back after the break we're talking with julie ryan ask julie com, and we're talking now about medical intuitives it's awesome
0: Learn more today at eomega.org/slash thrive. Experience the difference. Unity online radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne
1: Giesman. Hey, everybody. Oh, we're having such a good conversation with Julie Ryan, and it's just going to keep getting better here now as we get into the, the medical side that fascinates me. I hope it fascinates you as much as it does to me. And so, Julie... I understand that you have doctors calling you after you've worked energetically with people and they say, what are you doing with my patient? The scans are different before and after. Tell us about that. They do.
2: They, they'll they call every once in a while and they'll say, okay, now what are you doing with my patient and how does this work? So in a case of a new organ being formed in an energetic healing Stem cell energy looks to me, Suzanne, like a light amber-colored gel, and it has sparkles in it. It's kind of a watery gel. Do you remember Dippity Doo from the 70s? I do. It's that hair
1: product that's gooey, right? (laughs) Right. First, will you take me back?
2: Versus the hair gel of today that's thick and sticky. But, you know, Dippity-Doo's got more of a watery content. And so what I watch happen is I watch this energy that reminds me of an amber colored Dippity-Doo, and it, and it forms new body parts. I mean, it can, it's the coolest stuff because it will generate whatever we need, brain matter, bone, whatever kind of tissue, organs, whatever. So especially when something shows up on a scan – And a doctor saying, okay, I don't understand that. And they'll say, well, I worked with this woman. Then they'll give them my number and they'll call. And I'll explain to them that the body really does this itself. I'm just watching this from an energetic standpoint, helping the body heal itself. So if you go back to your science lessons in grade school, we all learned that cells have a nucleus. And surrounding the nucleus is this watery gel called cytoplasm. And our bodies act like little mini nuclear reactors because it's a centrifugal force that our bodies do that creates new cells. So I watch that happen in energetic healings just in warp speed. And then new, I watch new organs and new body parts get fixed. I, watched a, I worked with a woman this morning who had really severe osteoporosis. And so we applied stem cell energy to her whole skeletal system, and it created new calcium in those bones to fill in, you know, those areas where the osteoporosis was prevalent. I watch all these wild things, Suzanne. I I see DNA get resequenced. Do that a lot with cancer patients, where I'll watch strands of DNA come out of a chromosome. And I watch them get resequenced, the letters in the strand of DNA, which is the recipe that tells the cells how to behave. And then I'll I'll watch it get – it's like the mutations getting corrected in the DNA. And I, I will call my buddies who are in the medical business. I have a friend who is a world-renowned geneticist. And the first time I saw that, I called him. I said, what am I seeing? I said, well, I know it's DNA, but that's about all I know. And he said – he came up with some long name and he said it's a hypothesis it's being studied in five institutes throughout the world um, nobody has seen it nobody can prove it and there's no way you would know about it and I said well obviously I do because I just told you about it so now every time I talk to a mercy on Suzanne he wants to know okay what do you see and what's going on with these healings?" so the healings that I see that I get to participate in energetically I then talk to my friends who are scientists and and physicians, and surgeons, and and geneticists, and then that helps them in their research. So it's pretty interesting how all this is tying together.
1: Well, what I'm sensing as I hear you talk, because I have to tell you that my my mind is going, this is impossible, and I feel that that's why more people aren't experiencing healings because we have to believe and i i always tell people yeah be willing to play have an open mind and that's why i called you about helping rudy and you yeah you i'm just wondering why you're not flooded with calls with people is it because they they don't believe well, I'm pretty busy. I do this full yeah, time but now. But I mean, so can I, you, you've cured cancer, right? You're, you're healing, the healing through you. I know the healer doesn't do the curing, but through your yeah. healing work, you've cured people of cancer, right? Cured.
2: And I I believe that the work I do is spirit working through me. You yes, know, where that's there two what I'm trying or to more say. Gathered in my name kind of a thing is I right. believe that certainly it's not, I'm not the one doing it. I'm the facilitator. So, uh yes, I have many cancer patients that were sent home and told, get your affairs in order, nothing, you know, we can't do anything for you, and they're walking around years later, and they're fine. So, I watch the mutations in the DNA get corrected, and then we work on healing the body parts, I watch cancer get extracted. I'm very descriptive of about what I'm seeing in my mind's eye because the body's always gonna follow what the brain sh- is telling it, even if the brain doesn't believe it. So I'm descriptive with my clients because if they can envision what I'm seeing or at least sense what I'm seeing, that helps integrate the healing into their human body. And it's similar, Suzanne, to watching a scary movie You know, when you watch a scary movie, you know it's pretend, but your heart may feel like it's going to jump out of your chest because it's so scary. Okay. The body's following what the brain's showing it. So you are absolutely right on target. The imagination comes into play. Yes. The
1: possibility exists. Yeah. So tell us what it's like. Say a client comes to you. Do they have to tell you what's wrong with them or do you just do you want to know?
0: Normally, need to know?
1: when
2: on my show, I try and get 10 people on in an hour, so it's fast. So they'll tell me what's going on, and I'll hone in right into whatever's going on with them. If it's a medical thing, or they want to talk about, talk to their dead grandma, or get career advice, or whatever. If I'm working with a client and I have an hour with them on the phone or via Skype, if they're abroad, if they're outside of the U.S., I will uh, scan them, and what I do is I've learned to raise my vibrational level to the level of spirit, much like what you do, Mm -hmm. and it takes me a nanosecond. I turn my abilities on and off at will. I don't walk around scanning people because I don't think that's ethical. Mm -hmm. And so I close my eyes. I watch a laser beam, which Barbara Brennan calls as a bioplasmic streamer, and I Hmm. hook into that person's spirit wherever they are anywhere in the world so I'm on that spirit frequency that energy vibration of that spirit and then I have a hologram in my mind's eye and I envision shooting energy from their feet up through the top of their head and three things happen number one something's identified number two immediately thereafter there's some type of energetic healing that starts it can take the form of something getting added something getting removed I watch procedures, energetic healing procedures that emulate what I saw in operating rooms and departments of hospitals and other medical providers for all those years. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I see healings that utilize methodologies and devices that haven't been invented yet. But Mm -hmm. nevertheless, as I mentioned, I'm very descriptive with my client about it, so they can envision what I'm seeing. And then I'll make several passes through them. So the energy is always gonna go where it's most needed first, the most pressing issue. And then other issues that show up are going to be in a descending order of importance. <laughs> and then the third thing that we do is I'm looking at the person, what I call the energy field membrane, and that imagine is how I how I perceive it is. It's like a plastic bag that contains the energy that comprises the body and the spirit. And when there's a tear or a hole in that membrane, Suzanne, there's an energy leak in the body. And energy leaks always precede any kind of medical condition, 100% of the time. So they're caused by energy blocks, a la Eastern medicine, you know, trying to clear the block to get the chi to move, kind of a thing. And they are always caused by an emotional event, either in this lifetime or a past lifetime. So I envision myself going into that terror, that hole, and I'm shown a scene, I'm given a year. like maybe 1965 and you were five years old and you were in a car and there was a car accident or something. I mean, the person always knows what I'm getting. And so, um, so then from there, what happens is hang on a second. I don't know if that's you or me, but
1: we're good. Keep going, Julie.
2: Okay. So, um, so I'm shown a scene If it's a past life, I'll be given what the year was, where they were, what was going on, and then we'll correlate it with what's going on in their current life. And as soon as we illuminate whatever that emotional event was, it clears the energy block, the energy field membrane heals immediately, and then I shoot energy from their feet up through the top of their head, and they're working on full power. An analogy I use for this is imagine going to a pet store and buying a goldfish. They're going to put it in a plastic bag of water in order for you to get it home. So if there's a pinhole in that plastic bag and water's draining out a drop at a time, that goldfish is going to be fine for a long time. But when enough water drains out over time, that fish is going to be in trouble. And that's an analogy I use for what happens for the human body. When there's an energy leak over long periods of time, in most instances, it always proceeds any kind of medical condition. So That third part, that fixing the energy field membrane, I believe is the most important part of the
1: healing. Wow. It's fascinating. And this happens just almost instantly for you, right? You just tune in and there it is. Yeah. Well,
2: sometimes we need to reverse engineer things when I see something and we don't know what um, what the cause is. For instance, People come to me a lot when they've been to multiple doctors and had multiple diagnoses and multiple treatment plans, and they have the same symptoms. And I, there was a woman yesterday with whom uh, I worked, and she was in Sweden. She was in Stockholm, and she was having all these symptoms. Well, I got her on my radar. So I call it. I got her on my radar, and she was full of mold. And I said, you you got mold exposure. Do you have a water leak in your house? And she said, no. So I cleared the mold out of her energy field. We did the healing. Then I went and scanned her house, and I could see in my mind's eye where the mold was in her home. And I could tell her, okay, it's in the upper left eave of the second floor. There's rotted wood there. You need to call a roofer out. you got mold growing in the drywall from this water that's leaking in that you're not aware of. And sure enough, you know what? It was her bedroom and her bed, the headboard of her bed was up against that wall that was full of mold. She was breathing it all night. And what did that look like in her body to you? It looks like what you would envision mold when it's a lot of it, it reminds me of those, um, you know, those. My analogies are crazy, but it just gives you an instant visual. It reminds me of that moss, those sheets of moss you can buy in Michael's in a craft store. And (laughs) so sometimes it's so thick and people, I see myself using a pair of emergency room shears to cut through it, to open it up. And then all those tissues inside look to me like, the analogy that I use a lot is what E.T. looked like at the end of the movie when he was in the incubator and he was dying. You know when all the hazmat guys were there and so what I'll see a lot of times with that is I'll watch a healing that will involve this looks like white face cream that you'd find in a Nivea jar and it has anti-inflammatory properties and um, rocket booster fuel to heal tender tissues and I'll watch that coat the inner tissues that are all you know raw and oozing and it's amazing how it heals. Stop. Enter, uh, inflammation looks to me like red fog over body parts. When I see that, I'll use anti-inflammatory energy, which is a royal blue color, and that calms down the inflammation so I can see behind it, to see what's going on, what's causing the
1: inflammation.
2: And so, um, so what fascinates
1: what me is this is all your intention and consciousness making this happen with spirit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm, it's like I'm watching a movie in my head. It's like I'm watching a scan.
2: I'm, I'm scanning somebody's body, and I'm watching a movie in my head,
1: and I see all this stuff. Yeah. And I know we love it's the story. So would you share with us another miracle story of the healing, one that just blew you away too? Uh, one last yesterday
2: afternoon, I was talking to somebody, I believe in Maryland that was having infertility issues, secondary infertility issues. And I, and I got her on my radar and she didn't tell me anything. And I said, well, first of all, baby's energy looks like an orb and it attaches to the mom's energy field before they're conceived. You know, like the orbs you'll see in a photograph. Those are spirits. And so they hang out on the, over the mom's shoulders. So she had two babies' energies. So I told her that and that made her happy. But I went into her pelvis and I was in her GYN area and I go, I said, you've got a big old fibroid in there. And you've got a bunch of little fibroids. And she said, yeah, I do. And so I said, all right. She then disclosed she just had an arterial embolization to try and block the blood flow to her uterus to get the fibroids to go away. So we just removed them. The big fibroid looked, it was what's called pedunculated. So it had a stem, like a mushroom has a stem and then it's got Mm -hmm. a cap on it. So I used a hot wire and we cut it and cauterized it. And then I have to stop you, Julie.
1: I have to clarify for those of you who are listening, she's seeing this in her mind's eye and with intention, she cauterizes it. This this is happening energetically right. through your visualization of it. Right. In my head, this mm-hmm. surgery is happening in my head.
2: And so I scooped the fibroids that were out of her, um, you know, out of her uterine wall, checked her tube, checked her ovaries. They look good. So then I saw this healing Suzanne. And I, what, what I watched was these fibers that came out of her uterine wall and they reminded me of a silkworm, you know, the caterpillar. The fiber that becomes the silk is a protein and it's called fibroin. So I saw this fibroin like material come out and weave this cocoon like a silkworm would and then we removed it from her uterus and her uterus was clear. And so there have been many, many healings like that where I'll get a, an email or a note or somebody will come into my show and they'll say, okay, you did this healing and got rid of my fibroids and now I'm pregnant or now I've just had my second or third child.
1: And, and so, I just have this knowing it, that, that, you know, that woman is going to go to her doctor and they're going to take another test and he's going to say, well, this is amazing. They're gone. Yeah.
2: There was yeah. a woman yes uh, last week that had a hysterectomy and I worked on her and she saw her doctor uh, five days later and her doctor said, you look like somebody that had this six weeks ago. I can't explain this, but you look, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You must be a really good healer. She said she was kind of laughing to herself because I was working on her a lot because she's a friend. So um, yeah, endless stories. My My grandson fell off a swing set and I tell this story in my book and my stepdaughter called and she said, Sam, Sam's holding his arm, it hurts. I said, Yeah, he's got a broken arm. It's above his elbow on his right side. I'll meet you at children's hospital. And we got down there and his mom said to the tech, Sam's got a broken elbow and or broken arm and here's where it is, it's above his elbow. And the tech looked at her like she was nuts and we just kind of smiled at each other and sure enough, that's where the break was.
1: That's so, so funny because yeah. I was sitting here, I was about to say, tell us a story about broken bones, and that's what you did. So yeah. does it look like an X-ray when you scan the body? It does, yeah. I, it, it's like I'm a
2: human MRI, yeah, okay. I, and and I can see broken bones, I can see torn ligaments, I see bacterial infections, viral infections. I get calls and texts all the time from my son and his friends saying hey can you scan me my throat hurts do i have strep throat do i need to go to the doctor and get penicillin or you know get antibiotics and my friends now we're all to the age where we have grandchildren so i'll get a text from somebody and oftentimes it's my friend's child whose child has been injured and they're on the way to the emergency room can you scan johnny you know he fell off the equipment at, at school and the, on the playground and does he have a concussion and and all of that, and i can I can give them a quick read, and then that helps them when they get to the emergency room to help pinpoint the staff into. OK, let's go ahead and do a head scan
1: because I'm laughing because, you know, the doctors must roll their eyes now at all of us who go in and say, well, I look this up on the Internet and it says this. So I'm now a medical oh, yeah. expert. And then you have these people that walk in and say, well, I talked to this psychic and she scanned me and she said the bone is broken here. And they must really roll their eyes only to do it and find out you're right. I love it.
2: Well, and that's what's so fun with the doctors is the doctors will come in and say, I'm really skeptical. And I'll say, Well, that's appropriate. And then I'll scan them, Suzanne, and I'll mail some stuff that there's no way I could know. And then they're saying, Okay, all right. Well, maybe we really need to talk about this.
1: <laughs> is there is there any one thing you'd like everyone to know about illness and death? Everybody's gonna die. <laughs> there's
2: nothing to be afraid of. It's a glorious event regardless of how we die, uh, that's number one. And as far as illnesses, everything can be healed. Our bodies have a tremendous capacity to heal and uh, everything can be healed. So that's why I don't edit anything when I'm doing a medical scan because everything
1: can be healed. Well here, let me I let me that... now come at that from the different angle though, because my friend Brenda, who's now on the other side, saw a wonderful, wonderful healer who's been on my program. And you know, she was healed emotionally and is now on the other side. So I believe that it's sometimes it's people's time to go because of their soul's journey will continue on the other side. So some things if they're not healed, it's not a failure on the healer's part.
2: Well, good point. Everything can be healed. Sometimes the healing is death because that person's ready to transition to your point. Sometimes the healing is in a different way than what we envision, but healings are absolutely doable. They happen every day all around the world, and it can be an an emotional healing. It can be a physical or medical healing, and sometimes it's death. Oftentimes when I work with someone, there will be some kind of adjunct medicine that will need to be utilized. Like maybe they need surgery, maybe they need physical therapy, maybe they need to see a chiropractor or change their diet or whatever. So okay. I believe the work that I do complements Western medicine as we know it. And I also believe that we all choose when we go, where we go, who's with us when we go and what the circumstances are when we go.
1: Okay. So how about pets? We've talked about you helping up my babies. How do the animals yeah. communicate with you?
2: Telepathically, like spirits, same mm-hmm. way. And I get them on my radar, and it's like I'm doing an MRI on
1: on Rudy. And does this? Do you see the 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 their inner workings the same, or have you been fascinated to see? Oh, that's what a horse is like, or that's what you know. Well, I I don't know what all the different names are
2: for their body parts. I had a that's what I'm a getting Client <laughs> call me, yeah, from North Carolina, and she she races horses. She's a she does um, western racing, and you know, kind of a barrel racing, I guess, is what they call it. And she competes. And she called me and she said. I don't remember the horse's name. Trigger, let's say. Trigger. Trigger's <laughs> lame. Can you look at him? And I said, yeah, it Trigger's. His back left leg is, um, he, he's. it's like he's got a torn ACL in his back left knee. And I So she called whatever that horse part is. I don't know what it was. So she took him to the vet and she said, okay, you guys need to scope his back left knee because he's got a torn ACL or whatever they call it, in horse language. And they looked at her like she was nuts and they mm-hmm. did the scans and guess what? They scoped his ACL and they fixed it. And then she went back to racing with him when he healed. So, um, my daughter-in-law to... is a, is a vet Suzanne. So she will text me oftentimes when she's got a patient and she can't figure out what's going on and she'll say, Hey, can you scan this, you know, this cat or this dog or this whatever. And, and then I'll scan them real fast and text her back. So. Um, yeah, works great with, with animals and with uh, humans. Wow.
1: So like you said, you're, you're just into all aspects of tuning into consciousness. So how about some advice in the last two minutes for the, the listeners about how they tap into their own inner guidance?
2: I think, listen, ask a question. What I find is that spirits are very literal. And what I teach is Ask a question or make a comment to someone who's deceased or, or alive for that matter. I teach in my class, we, we learn how to do remote viewing. So you can communicate with any spirit, whether it's attached to a body or not. And for instance, ask a question and within a second, that answer is going to come in. And if you think about it for more than a couple of seconds, it's going to be your brain talking to you, but be really specific and how you ask the question if you're looking for advice that's applicable. I find that spirit's always going to give the correct answer. How useful it's going to be is going to be predicated on how the question is asked. So for instance, shall I go to, well, I enjoy the concert on Thursday night you get a yes and you go and you hate it and you're thinking what's up with that versus shall I go to the concert on Thursday night on the date at the place where it's going to be held with who's performing. See the difference? So, will I enjoy the concert? Could be any concert for the rest of your life. It's not specific enough.
1: Okay. To be super specific, super specific. Great advice. Wow. So, your family's supportive of your work? They are now. (laughs) I thought I was nuts at first. I imagine. Well, they have good reason to be, Julie. It's been fascinating talking with you. It gives us a lot of hope that that things are not as solid as we think they are, that that spirit really is underlying everything. And I encourage all of you listening to check out Julie's website, AskJulieRyan.com. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation,